Bit of a disclaimer and an apology before this episode uh, kicks off. The Perils of Field recording, um, it was recorded in a busy cafe, so there's some background noise and there's also some unintended phone interference uh, that my esteemed editor, thank you very much Mike, did his level best to clean up, um, but still um, breaks in a little bit through the episode. Um, So hopefully it doesn't interfere too much with your listening pleasure. Welcome to Librarians Allowed, an independent podcast sponsored by the Academic and Special Libraries section of the Library Association of Ireland. I'm your host, Laura Rooney-Ferris. So we are continuing to go for the title of most erratically released podcast. Um, Just ever expanding work and life commitments mean that I have less time for podcast interviews and escapades. Um, Don't worry, though, that isn't a hint that I'm winding down, just more of an explanation that episodes will continue to happen on a very sloppy scheduling routine. Um, So it's a good idea if you want to keep receiving episodes when they do actually show up to subscribe to the podcast. Um, So by way of compensation for the long wait, this is a two for one episode uh, focusing on school librarians. I spoke to Claire Nynachtin, the librarian at Colastia Eastigan and Colastia Owen, and Andrea Dillon, the librarian at St Joseph of Cluny in Kalini, and they talked about the responsibilities and the challenges of being a school librarian and the ways that you can support school libraries. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Claire Nunachton and Andrea Dillon, who are both school librarians and it's an entirely different landscape for school yeah, librarians yeah, now. Um, so do you want to talk to me a little bit about, you both have quite different backgrounds and different uh, yeah. experiences of how you ended up in, in libraries and your journey to, to school libraries. Do you want to talk about how you ended up in, in libraries or your background before sure. libraries? Do you, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> you so, go first. Um, I guess mine is a second year. Mm. I started off um, in town planning actually. So I um, did my undergrad in geography and then I went on and did a master's in um, urban planning mm. uh, and this was 2006, boom time, you know, everything was so good time bad. to be time planning. Yeah. So uh, I came out in 2007 and I was working in the private sector for a private planning consultancy, um, which was a great learning curve, I suppose, but mm. I realised that it, a lot of it wasn't for me. Mm. Um, but you know, so I was there at good times, and then uh, you know the economy took took a turn. Um, the bits of it I did like, I realised was um, like researching, mm. um, you know, the the planning application, like looking at the planning application, gathering information, yeah. you know, updating the team, that sort of stuff. Things I didn't necessarily like was uh, the paperwork that associated with it, yeah. you know the, the clients, kind of the arguing, all this sort of thing. So when the economy kind of took a turn, we were fortunate, unfortunate, we put on a four-day week. Mm. So I kind of took it as a as a an opportunity to start looking for things that might interest me in other fields. Yeah. So as it happened, uh, a, a friend of a friend um, was um, influential in the junior Year for schools program, the library program. Yeah. So she said, "Well, why don't you do some work experience in one of our schools one day a week on the day that you're not in the office, just mm-hmm. to see if it's something that you like." And had you been aware at all of school libraries? I had through Bernie, yeah. Bernie Kiley. I had, um, and I had. I, I knew, you know, that that was something that was, 
you know, influential in a way, but I'd never worked in a classroom or I'd never worked in a school. I'd always been kind of in an office and yeah. kind of in a corporate Such a environment. environment. It was hugely different. Um, but it interested me. Uh, so I went and I did that one day a week and I loved it. I loved the interaction with the student mm. and the variety every day. Um, you know, that you were kind of doing different projects. Mm. It was up to you to decide kind of what was going on in the library, all that sort of stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Um, so then I started looking into it more and I knew somebody else who was a librarian in the Royal College of Surgeons just to find out and it kind of became clear that there was more to just being a librarian than you know sitting behind a desk yeah uh, you know checking Stand. in checking in yeah. out books kind that's of such thing. a revelation for everybody when you yeah, get into the library world of even realizing how many different types yeah. of library environments and just kind of more like at the time what was interesting to me mm. was information management i always saw myself again going into the corporate kind of sector so an opportunity came then for me to take redundancy and mm. so i took it and decided to go back to college and i did the um, Master of Library and Information Studies. Mm. Again, kind of thinking that you know what, I'm going to work in a company. I'm going to be a knowledge manager. This yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but when I was honest, the module that really stuck with me was the teaching librarian module. Mm. God, I really liked this. You know, I like mm. kind of what's going on. I did really well in it. Yeah. Um, and when I was graduating, like just as I was graduate. Um, the job came up in Foster Owen and Foster Eastland for a school librarian mm. and they'd never had a school librarian before oh, yeah. and I speak Irish and I thought god you know this is kind of looking like something I'd be interested in mm. so I went for it and I got it and I thought you know I'll just try it for a while but I you know I'm going to be out of here I'm going to be like in town you know working in office and you know six years later I'm yeah. still there and kind of how I got into it and stayed there and enjoyed it as much as I was, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, journey, I don't think, doesn't yeah. it? Well, I think yeah, the, the crossover is, from kind of like, the information element of it, the mm. research element. Um, you know, you're working with different people. Like, there was a lot of skills I had from being in the private sector. Like, you know, your rapport with the teachers is so important. You to, like, mm. bring people with you. Like, you know, client relationships. Like, yeah, those kind of project it. building Yeah, skills. like, that's all really important in school mm. there's a lot of different personalities there's a lot of different people that you're trying to work with mm. so um actually there was more similarities than i would have thought initially mm. um so that was how i got into it okay and what about you uh andrea what's well, your journey into this is my i suppose third year yeah okay <laughs> um so i started off i had a degree in business studies specialized in marketing mm. and i my first i suppose job with Bank of Ireland, with the sponsorship team in Bank of Ireland, mm. and it was an absolutely fantastic job, we sponsored the GA football team, we sponsored the Munster team, we sponsored Special Olympics at the time, mm. and everything was really high profile, and in about 2004, I went to Australia for the year, but as much as I really enjoyed it, I did feel that I wasn't sure whether marketing, PR and all that was what I really wanted to do and I mm. felt that what I did on that sponsorship team was going to be the peak that I was ever going to do um, with my career. So then I looked into, I lo used to love law, I did a bit of law in college and I loved mm. that and I decided that I'd try and become a solicitor so I went and I did the FE1 exams which were these entrance exams yeah. and I also worked with this company called Grady and Company Law Searchers so I mm. left the job in the bank, did that job for a couple of years but unfortunately, it was a little bit of a timing that when I was trying to look for an apprenticeship, um, I found it very difficult. Um, I did get offered a few unpaid jobs, but I couldn't afford that. And actually, my dad one day, because I was trying to come up with a plan B, and my dad said, mm. well, don't you love reading? You know, what about looking into becoming a librarian? And what did you think when he said that? I just it went, it was crazy. one of those, like, no, 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 it was one of those. Actually, yeah. So I remember mm. actually looking at my computer looking to see what I needed to do, saw that I needed a master's, yeah. saw that I needed work experience, mm -hmm. six weeks work experience or whatever, um, needed a reference from work, went into my boss the following Monday because she knew I wasn't staying anyway, went into my boss the following Monday and said, look, I'm thinking of doing this course in September, managed to organise work experience and everything, so got mm -hmm. the job then in, no, sorry, got a place um, in UCD as well, yeah. the Information and Library Studies course. And then my mm. first job would have been with Dublin Business School mm. afterwards where I was working part-time first 
and I had another part-time job with a housing agency company called Respond, oh, yeah. where they were oh, trying yeah. to set up this this housing housing course. And I also had another part-time job as well. Mm. So I was kind of doing a whole three part-time jobs. But I mean, I love them all. Really busy, I yeah. love them all. And then actually a friend of mine texted me and said that she saw this advertisement for this job for school library in St. Joseph's Cluny. And it was a bit, little, bit, little bit like Claire. I went, you know what? I'll go for it. See yeah. what it's like. Can't see myself saying, can't see myself wanting to work in a school. Um, you know, I never wanted to become a teacher, any mm. of that yeah. or whatever. And it's now interesting, you hear that from a lot of librarians. Yeah, and mm. now they say, I didn't want to teach, but actually, then when you get into yeah. library I think a lot work, of people that sometimes assume that you are just a wannabe teacher, you know, yeah. or you have to say, well, I know. Actually, I, I, I'm quite happy not, yeah. you know, yes. I, I love being the yeah. librarian, it's a very different role. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, no, 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 it's fine. And it was like, but again, a bit seven years on. Um, here I still am and I absolutely love it and I think probably what different school librarians a little bit than maybe librarians in other institutions mm. is I kind of feel I'm a little bit like my own boss that you've got your own yeah. little room and your own little hub and you know I try to tell people because I think a lot of people don't understand completely what librarians are about yeah. and I try to tell them that it's a little bit like running a small business if you had a big yeah. supermarket, you were, that would be like a college library. Mm. But if you imagine a small little shop or a small little business and the person managing the business, that's mm. like the school librarian. They yeah. manage everything from yeah. the website mm. to the stock, which are the books, to yeah. the events that happen, to everything, budget. to budget, to mm. everything. Um, yeah. But I haven't regretted my decision at all and I think that I'd probably make a better librarian than I would a solicitor so mm. I think uh, you know yeah. <laughs> so it's a very similar story to a lot of librarians where yeah. there's a combination of yeah. you know different life factors and mm. I think the recession seems to have played a big part in yeah. a lot mm. of people moving into libraries because they were maybe in one career that was impacted heavily by the recession yeah. or yeah. by economic factors and then had to yeah. kind of do an about turn I and think, think you about only do skills. something like that when you're unhappy anyway though yeah like exactly. I already knew that that job wasn't for me or that particular mm. career wasn't for me in in planning so you know I I was quite happy to be given the opportunity to go elsewhere whereas I think if you were if I was happy in that I wouldn't have ever come into librarianship in, mm. in the first place yeah. I would have just stuck with it so it gives you but that you impetus know. to make the move and yeah, I actually yeah. remember as well when I did my I did my masters in 2008 to 2009, mm. and it was such a diverse range of people coming from mm. all different yeah, backgrounds. Right. They were they weren't all literature. They could have been computers. They could yeah. have been anything. I came from yeah. a business background, and it was yeah. it was a lot of people looking to change their careers. Yeah. But mm. as you had mentioned before, Claire, a lot of the skills are transferable. Yeah, you know, yeah I do, exactly. I do feel that I use a number of my marketing skills. In oh, the library, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and marketing skills are one of those things that are being really highlighted in libraries yeah. now. As yeah. if you don't have a little bit of a background in it, that it's something you need to kind of develop yeah. some skills oh, in because absolutely. it's so important. I think justifying yeah. your your position is always kind yeah. of like yeah. in the back of your mind in a yeah. library. You, well, yeah. maybe it's just me, but I feel like you know, I, I wonder if people. Think, what, what did you do up there? So I feel like you oh, have no. to promote, yeah. or at least let people know this is what's going on. Yeah, this is what we were doing with our classes. You mm. know, because mm. mm. the, the last thing you want is for you know to feel to to be vulnerable, I suppose, mm. in a way. You yeah. know, to, to mm. not be a valued part of the school. Mm. 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 I think that's a really good comparison you made of the, the school library being like. You yeah. know, an independent or small business because you have to utilize all of these really mm. different skills from oh, you know business planning to yeah. you know marketing yeah. to people mm. skills and kind of co collaborative working and project building yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so you were both in uh, you both went to, to UCD to yes. uh, the yeah. UCD, uh, School of Information and Communication mm. Studies yeah. how did you find that experience did that was there any anything on the course that kind of was completely unexpected to you about the possibilities of in librarianship? Um, I think I was surprised at first the amount of modules that were available mm. and the amount of stuff that you needed to know to become a librarian and you could only pick, I think if my memory serves me correctly, you could only pick so many that would make up so many uh, so many credits or whatever because mm. I remember yeah. like I didn't say do archives or to a certain yeah. things but I did you know even though I didn't know whether I wanted to work in the school library I actually did the school librarian module yeah. purely mm. because I thought that it would actually be a good way to learn all aspects of the library yeah and I did mm. the teaching librarian one yeah, as well yeah, yeah, yeah. and I did children's literature as well mm. um but there is so many but yeah no I remember 
I mean, it was definitely a different experience than my degree because it was a little bit older and wiser, and yeah. I probably spent a little bit more attention to study. Yeah, I, you know, um, that mm. I actually did it because I wanted to learn. Yeah, mm. and I know? don't. I yeah, it, it, exactly the same as me. Like first yeah. time round, because I did my initial master, my initial master's, and I said, mm. like I was like flaking around, like mm. <laughs> first time round, the planning, the urban planning. A lot of us were straight out of college. Yeah, and I mean. Mm. Crack with 90 on that course, like, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and it was boom times. We all knew we'd be getting jobs, and we were only about 21, 22. Yeah. Mm. The second time around, you're right, there was mm. a lot of us for a second time. Cor- so and looking many to, librarians looking to, get a, yeah. Yeah, mm. looking to really, I really wanted to do my best in that particular, and you know, mm. maybe haven't been in the workplace as well. I took things more yeah. seriously, yeah. Um, I but so. yeah, no, I, I, can't, I, think, I can't remember the course that, that much, only that it. I enjoyed it. Mm. There was mm. nothing in it that I said, oh God, this is going to be a real struggle. You know, mm. like I yeah. remember kind of enjoying mm. the readings, enjoying the classes, like engaging with it. Mm. There's a lot of self-motivation, I think, by the time I think people... So. And I think that's important as a school librarian to be self-motivated because oh, yeah, you're you on your own a lot. Mm. And, and you have to make up. I find that... You know, I think sometimes teachers, they will go in and they will teach their classes and they'll have a set thing. Mm-hmm. But for me, sometimes I have to create my own work. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and there's some days that will come in and there's literally a bank sheet of paper in front of me and it's like, okay, what will I do next? And yeah. you do really need to have that motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it can be isolating sometimes because you don't yeah. have colleagues necessarily to bounce yeah. ideas off. I know mm. teachers don't necessarily have colleagues either. They do work well, on their own. There's a really strong professional networks as well but that probably oh, school librarians because there hasn't been as long yeah. a tradition of school libraries yeah. Yeah. is only probably developing. Well, so you're the only one in school doing that particular thing. Yeah. So you don't have anyone to go, you know what, is this a good idea? What do you mm. think? Mm. You know, so I mean, mm. you and in my school I'm not micromanaged at all so it is up to me yeah um to make it mm. as busy or or not if you're not that motivated person I could see how you know the library could kind of fall into kind of being quiet and diffused oh it is I mean it would be yeah. very easy to just let a library dwindle in a school librarian just sat and did absolutely nothing yeah, yeah. But, but I think that's I don't know how you feel but I think that's a real problem with um like on a national level and I know obviously there's a huge funding issue in terms of having school libraries but there's no there's no national guidance on what should be in a school library yeah. or what, mm. how a school library should operate or like mm. or even know, that like, there needs to be one well see they can't say that yeah. because obviously then who's going to pay for it exactly. you know so obviously that isn't there but say we had a whole school evaluation recently mm. and so the whole school is mm. assessed really quite in-depthly and it's a great process in a way, you know, but, mm. you know, the school library wasn't assessed because, other than to say that isn't it great that you have a school library and that yeah. your library is there and we see that it's busy and it was commended, but, you know, they, there's, there's no framework to say it should, the school library should have this, mm. the librarian should be doing this, mm. this is what you should expect from your school library. So mm. I would say there can be a huge variance from one school to the next, yeah. depending on the personality of the librarian I don't know if that's a yeah. good thing or a bad thing I suppose it's yeah. you know no, like it's, I, 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 I agree with you um, that there isn't I mean the, I mean I do think the School Library Association of Ireland is brilliant yeah. but I mean there's only so much that's, that's run by voluntary by exactly, librarians yeah, yeah. and they don't actually have the time and it's the same we had a uh, school evaluation for like, it was a few years ago and again, it was the same thing with the library, that the library wasn't assessed. And I was actually privately disgusted. I was trying to show same, what we're doing. Same here. And the I just football pitches are looked at. Mm. You know, yeah. the, the gym is looked at. The music, yeah. everything. And yet yeah. it's really great resource. Yeah. They, they mm. can't actually go in and say... It's even like the, uh, the, the literacy and numeracy strategy. I remember I read yeah. that. Um, they had, I think, one word, one little line about libraries, you know, and I just think that there's not enough. I think within the library world, 
I feel that people do appreciate school libraries and mm. I think even within the schools that have them like I really do feel that parents and teachers and students really do appreciate the school library oh, because they see the value that it can have yeah. but for the rest of the wider public mm. out there there's nothing really out there that actually sells school libraries you know, most a lot of reaction I'll get from people that would know nothing about school librarians, they more or less question why I have a job. You know? Really? Oh, yeah. I would like have thought most people would take the approach of, you know, similar to that evaluation where it's kind of like, oh, that's a nice add-on yeah, to have, like to see a school oh with the library. Yeah, isn't that great? School rather school than, so yeah, it's that, that it's a, a, you know, an, an optional yeah. I would No, I get, the, I get it now. I, one half of people that would appreciate school libraries would have that God you're so mm. lucky and that's brilliant but the other half of people would have been like really? you know yeah. or God that's a lovely quiet job or yeah. Yeah. you know and it's just they I don't think you get to read like the book yeah, yeah. The, it's like the old classic the old get classic. to read all yeah. day yeah, yeah. Or, or I do get you know I do get amused when people tell me how lucky I am to have a non-pressurised job yeah. mm-hmm. and a nice quiet job and yeah. you know and then when I say to them oh no it's great but I'm actually really busy I then get a really mm-hmm. quiet what? oh yeah. you know yeah. you're really busy and um, I just think that and look it doesn't surprise me but I just think that there's not enough selling point out there. I think people mm. still do see it as books and shelves. Yeah. yeah. And that an English teacher could do it or mm. that it could be done part time. Well, well if it's not well, linked to if it's not directly linked to curriculum and as you said, if yeah. it's not part of the assessment system, so much yeah. of education yeah. again you know, in third level the, yeah. the library is assessed as part of a you know, college wide assessment mm. and it's you know there there are yeah. It's tied into you know, the resources yeah. and facilities available for students yeah, and as, as part of course evaluations, library yeah. resources mm-hmm. and library facilities are but evaluated. It's a huge jump up for a second mm-hmm. level for, for students then as well when they go from a school yeah, where yeah. maybe there was never a library to yeah. suddenly third level where yeah. the library, like, they have to go to the library and it's a, yeah. it's a mm. big shock. And that's where that huge There's gap huge exists gap. now in the transition from secondary well, to third level. Yeah. If for you know, that's yeah. where the evidence lies in terms of the the mm. the, the value of the libraries, the yeah. difference between students who come from a secondary school that has a library yeah. service that they're used to, you know, doing things mm. like critical evaluation skills and yeah. having kind of um, research support, they're mm. automatically on a better yeah. and you know, oh, more stable footing than a student who comes in. You know, certainly my experience when I first yeah. went to university yeah. and this is you know a long time ago but coming from a school that had there was a room that had books in it that looked like a library but there yeah. was never a librarian and the, no. uh, the idea that there would have been would have been just kind of mm. ludicrous or so that the librarian would actually help you with your yeah. research or that like they're mm. a, a fount of information that they can so direct even just your work. knowing how to use a library going from you know a public library doesn't teach yeah. you that no. as a child you go from using mm. your public library to borrow your books when you go into mm. third level mm. knowing just how to search a catalogue knowing where yeah. to find the information that you need knowing even you know how to go about finding you know journal articles I think that that's something that if you're not given that time yeah and, you know, if it's not built into your coursework it's really hard to figure out all that stuff when you're starting mm. into third level and it was actually my experience of my memories of Dublin Business School before mm. I w- went to St. Joseph Cluny that I would remember the sheer fear of students coming up to the yeah. desk at 9.45 for the thing looking for whatever <laughs> yeah, essay yeah, 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 that yeah, yeah. lecture did. So mm. I actually, as part of my information literacy programme in school, I actually do a lesson with six years on mm. how to use a library and yeah. it's even just right. the sim- college library and even simple mm. things like go to the library classes, do the library yeah. tour, mm. do your induction, do this. This is the Dewey Decimal classification system mm. and that I think sometimes people don't realise the information literacy that was in it within the remit of being a school librarian. Yeah. As simple yeah. as you were saying, teaching the research skills of kids so that mm. by the time they get to third level yeah. that it's not going to be as scary for them because most yeah. things are done for them in secondary school and then in third level it's okay off you go now and do this essay and you need to find these 10 articles oh, and yeah. Yeah. they're all within these like you need this password to get to this and it's this is on this shelf yeah. and yeah. you know there is people laugh at it but there is a what you call a library, library fear. anxiety is a, library, a legitimate yeah. fear that there has yeah. been you know reasonable amount of research done yeah. and mm. it does you know, yeah. it's, an, it's a major impediment but to it's students just, performing I mean, it, really, it really surprises me in We'll say this day and age where information is like we are 
swamped with information. Mm -hmm. Students are overwhelmed with information. And obviously, I mean, there is an enormous literacy, uh, you know, um, guidelines nationally and all yeah. that sort of stuff. But there isn't uh, from, and again, I'm talking from a national level, so it's to make mm. everything more consistent. Yeah. Mm. Um, that there isn't more emphasis now on the importance of information literacy at second level. Yeah. By the time they get to third level, yeah. you know, you're looking for them to be able to do quite detailed information literacy, to have mm. them, you know, quite. Mm. Yeah. But at second level, there doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, yeah. in the new curriculum, even in the junior cert, yeah. as much as research has become mm. a bigger part of it, which is great for us mm. as, as librarians, it's a real role for us mm. there. The information evaluation, the referencing, mm. that still doesn't, there isn't mm. a consistent um, guideline or approach or program or mm. kind of awareness about it. And I'm really surprised about that. And the mm. thing that I think is um, disappointing in a way is that it, it can totally depend on what school you go to. Yeah, it as does. To what, so the JCSB program is for disadvantaged schools and they have mm. fantastic libraries. And then oftentimes it's the private schools mm. which have, you know, libraries mm. also. And there's a, there's a huge amount of schools right in the middle, yeah, which yeah. is the majority, yeah, that have not, you know, that ha yeah. don't have that, which and just so feeds into kind of an in, yeah. in, inequity of yeah. educational opportunity. You know, totally. there's almost like a social engineering within that totally. that is kind of reinforcing, yeah, and pre-existing. You know, I mean, the system is the system in a way, I suppose. Yeah, but I just, I do, I find that hard to take sometimes. You mm. know, my students are going to be. Are going to be fine. Not, not I'm not saying because of me, but because the school I'm in, mm. if it, you know, the students generally are are um, ninety percent of our students yeah. are going to college anyway. The, yeah, mm. they're going in. They're going to better be, equipped than yeah. someone who has no has had no support yeah. for critical yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking or research mm. skills. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it would be great if you could see a national like school library mm, framework or something. Yeah. But I know that would cost so much money but I, I you know I think that would be but you know I think because I remember I went to a school library conference a few years ago and mm. there was one school librarian there that she was saying she was going to write to the minister to look that you want should be school libra libraries in every school yeah and you know I do I do agree I think it's a long term I think it would take a yeah. long time mm. because not only would you need the, the, the money to actually employ school librarians yeah. Yeah. you'd have to get buy-in from the tax taxpayers as yeah. well that they would agree you would also have to have school principals mm. yeah. that would agree you'd also yeah. have to have the set up development planning everything which is a huge amount of work mm. but you know sometimes things start small and sometimes things can build up but it's just yeah. I think we're a long way to go before yeah. but yeah. where are the savings to be made in that as well I mean because I work in a health environment you often see you know, yeah. things that look initially like they're an incredibly expensive or difficult from an infrastructural yeah. perspective mm. to implement and yet the savings mm. in the long term for those in that they are preventative measures so mm. yeah. you know, a school library is a preventative measure mm. it prevents maybe um, third level dropouts it mm. kind of enables equity of access and yeah. equity of kind yeah. of opportunity for Literacy, students. Yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. The, the and even the mental huge. health benefits. I mean, there's yeah. loads of studies yeah. out there that, I mean, because I would be very interested in fostering a love of reading. I mean, that's yeah. what I really try to mm. do in my school. And I hope it works. You know, I do think mm. it works with what I do with some students anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's so much studies out there that show the mental health benefits of reading. And yeah. again, mm. you know, and it gives the most alternative to looking at the phone the whole time yeah, as well yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know there is it is it's like the return on investment mm. if the government were willing to invest in school libraries mm. particularly when we look at some return. of the arguments around um sort of critical faculties mm. and, and students at the moment in terms of their their access to information is enormous mm. and yet they maybe they're critical reasoning skills oh, are not there so there yeah, are a lot of absolutely. initiatives happening at the moment mm. to you know create kind of safer uh, mm. or awareness of safety online and privacy yeah. online and protecting yourself online mm. that with maybe an earlier introduction to critical well, reasoning skills they would already have so that well yeah to be able to do those sorts of things mm. within schools I yeah. think you know I think that is our core that's what we are kind of something that is close to our profession is yeah, yeah. you know information evaluation and like mm. you know 
before this whole thing of fake news kind of erupted, yeah. you know, my brains would have always been, you know, where did that come from? What are your sources? Yeah. Who are they? Mm. You know, all those sorts of questions that students, I suppose, don't really ask themselves because they're students. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and because um, our education system, has primary never and secondary, is very focused on learning information there isn't yeah. a lot of you know mm. independent evaluation it's retaining information is a big part of our education yeah. system it's not rewarded mm. i mean the key message i think is which i think school librarians is give is that anybody can publish on the web mm-hmm. and there's so much information that i try when i give research school classes i do it in specific subject areas but yeah. i also try and do it on so I do on how to look up medical resources Mm. so this would be simply if any child feels sick that they know what are the reliable medical resources to look up I also give a talk on how to do look up nutritional resources because Mm. I think there's a lot of um these things and there's a lot yes exactly you know and I it's almost like there's a whole parallel web out there that all these people that claim to be experts and say Mm. If you never eat pasta for the rest of your life, you'll never have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's so the Gwyneth Paltrow school of I think it, well, I everything that can be generally titled under wellness. And I actually yeah. showed Goop. Goop.com mm-hmm. is actually one of the things that I show, and I went through a list of I think through some court in England that was taken 113 cases against them. Mm-hmm. But they've all these things like if you rub this cream on it, yeah. leaves stress and everything. And yeah. But there was a few. I mean, that was really interesting. Um, there was a few people that were getting like a million to two million followers on Instagram mm-hmm. that didn't actually have the expertise and that's what it boils down to yeah. does the person who put the information up on the web have the expertise or as I mm. said to the girls I said I could dress myself up in a white coat mm. and pretend I'm a doctor yeah and it's such a good point that so you're easy. making because they it's something they're bombarded with all the time yeah. at second level yeah and especially nice especially yeah. with the Instagram mm. and the food bloggers and mm. don't be wrong yeah. some of them are probably great and they just yeah. put general healthy stuff up. But you've others. Yeah. That, like yeah. there was one girl that I told him about that had sold a million copies of her book. She was from Australia. Oh, oh yes. Yes, um, yes Belle uh, Gibson. Gibson. Yes. Yeah. And like she had pretended that she had brain, mm-hmm. brain cancer. Yeah. Cured her brain cancer through healthy eating. eating. Yeah. Through healthy eating. And, you know, I just think it's so important to teach students these things mm-hmm. and actually let them know that just because somebody has this beautiful, nice, coloured, altered pictures on Instagram mm. and this, they usually very pretty people go on them and they take lovely pictures of themselves mm. and they'll say something like, I didn't eat whatever or I only ate kale and now suddenly I'm a better person. And, yeah. yeah. Do you know, and I... And do you do those um, with... Because one of the things I find difficult sometimes is finding time within the teacher's... Um, timetable to mm. do those sorts of things because obviously time is so precious and it has to be part of a well like for the yeah, how embedded you is your I mean? yeah. input with the students I have to usually negotiate with the teachers because mm. again I would have there would be a timetable in my school so say for example with the nutrition one mm. I did it with future home economic class right. so that mm. became part of their nutrition course for the actual medical thing um I actually, I think I found a random class and mm. I just asked the teacher to look at it because it didn't really tie in necessarily with any mm. particular subject. I would have teachers that would come up to me, say history teachers and science <coughs> teachers, that would yeah. say, can you teach the girl, we're about to start this yeah. research project, can yeah. you teach that? So it, it, it would be, it's not a timetable that every Monday I'm mm. going to do a research class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be me going to ex-home economics teacher or ex-science teacher mm. and going, oh, look, I can talk about this. Or so you're whatever, presenting you what know. the kind of the yes. parallel and complementary yes. elements you can yeah. add into the, yeah. the kind of yeah. curriculum. Yeah. 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 Do you think is that a, a problem as well? I know it is for all librarians uh, trying to introduce information literacy is like trying to embed it in yeah, is the key thing. I have found that... So saying now with the new junior search that mm. it's kind of changing and there's more like saying English 
they have to do an oral exam, an mm. oral presentation as part of their assessment. Yeah. Um, so in preparation for that then, we normally, I would do um, with second year, kind of an introduction to, like, pick your topic. Mm. Okay, what websites, website evaluation, you know, you know, what's good information, what's bad mm. information, that sort of thing, as part of that. And they're really, they're really switched into it because they know that they're going to have to, mm. they're going to be assessed on it. So yeah. The students are really, they're really paying attention, you know, they're really mm. kind of absorbing it. Whereas I find if I do a research class in isolation, when they when when they're not gonna have some sort of a an evaluation based yeah. on it, they kind of it doesn't. It's a bit abstract as opposed to that. Yeah, really it's a applied really long day approach. for them. And here's a class now where I don't really have to follow up on it. Mm. So you know it can be hard to get them to switch into it. So something where so that you know that would be something to do. And then maybe I do a class on um, presentation skills, mm. um, and then mm. maybe take take out the laptops and then they can start kind of troubleshooting ideas and what would yeah. I might go around and, and yeah. with them kind of okay why would that be a bad topic and where did you get that and kind mm. of on the helping them as they start the pre- their research I suppose um, but at times where I've done it say with four theories mm. um, topics that may not be related to something it can be really hard to get them to engage with it yeah you know yeah and I no, and I I, do and I understand it's, it's, yeah. they have so much going on yeah and I do agree as well because when I give them some of the just the way it's worked out some of the classes I would give would be in isolation mm-hmm. you know and I do always wonder okay when you walk out the door are you going to remember all these things yeah. now sometimes mm-hmm. I might end up giving different classes to the same group of people and I will keep reiterating yeah Mm. evaluation resources you know is there bias is there mm. you know ask the same usually I try and come up with the who what why and when mm. you know those were so who did it did they the expectations yeah. why did they do it what did they write yeah, 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 you know yeah. as I say to them if it's completely not rubbish well then more than likely it is rubbish yeah you know and when was it done but again it's almost like in an ideal world I think it would be great if we could have I would love to be able to teach it every week mm. to the same group that yeah. you could just do it and keep it reiterating. But I think, in fairness, you know, schools are limited to the amount Absolutely. of hours that are in the day, yeah. and there has yeah. to be so many hours of English and science. And I think it's just, mm. I think it's a very difficult task for and the curriculum being to so do. crowded as it is. Yeah. so much yeah. pressure on them yeah. Yeah. coming so up to leaving search anyway. I think that it's a shame, really, in the you know in the overhaul of the junior program that there isn't more of an mm. emphasis on marks going for like you will be asked about those sources you will be mm. asked I know that yeah. they are to a certain extent but it's mm. like a tiny little mo- mm. you know it's only or even just yeah. including strategies yeah there's in a real the opportunity yeah. to kind of um, to to emphasize the importance of it more by virtue of giving it mm. more mo- you know that it will be, will be at, you will be marked on this you yeah. know um, and I know there will be it is a missed opportunity though I think it is I think unless they're getting evaluated on it it can be hard for it to be embedded yeah Mm. because they're not really going to necessarily see the reason why and I think in an ideal world as well again if you had enough hours in the day and on your timetable to do it that ideally it would be maybe from second year up and every mm. year they're taught to it so by the time mm. they get to leave and start that it's so ingrained in them mm. that they know how to do it but I mean I think school libraries just do what they can do yeah. and just find wherever they can incorporate it in that mm. they should do it because I don't think it's fair either for us to suddenly marching in with flags kind of expecting the whole school timetable to change because no, we believe really. that yeah, yeah, well that, that's a very difficult thing to, yeah, to take yeah. on yourself that yeah. What, yeah. what you so can do is try, you know, you change but from where you are yeah. more schools have the advantage and Absolutely. any school that has a school librarian has the advantage that there's somebody mm. there who's qualified to teach them how to do research teachers are not always going to have time to do that you know and it's just so compared to as you said the schools in the middle that don't have school libraries they Mm. they are on an unfair disadvantage Mm. you know I definitely I think so and I definitely think as a long term strategy that the government should consider in well, I feel like they're, they yeah. are yeah. they're promoting the skills associated with having a library without funding mm-hmm. schools to have those yeah. they're maybe missing the, the, the middle piece there that actually school libraries may be the infrastructural approach that's needed yeah. to achieve the outcomes See, that they're I actually think aimed the government towards. think 
that's public now I have to say public libraries are fantastic yeah, yeah. but a lot like of that is being put into public libraries you know, the, yes. you know the numeracy and literacy development still yeah. is um, um, like we would get a lot of school sets from the Neary Library yeah. and the National Library of Ireland would give travelling exhibitions and I've just recently got an exhibition from Dublin City Library and Archives so the public mm-hmm. library system are fantastic support yeah. Oh, yeah. but they're not they can't they shouldn't be a substitute for yeah. so I think sometimes the government might think that oh there's a school library right there's a, a local library right down the road from yeah. the school mm. so oh so they can just go up to that library and, and that's it and they whereas when you've got somebody in situ, when you've mm. got a person, because mm. for me, a school library, it's not just about rooms with books, and I think you're oh, no. feel the same. Yeah. It's a space, and it's a yeah. space where students come in, and they should feel welcome, and mm. it's somewhere for them to go at lunchtime, yeah. they can relax, they can play games, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. it's, if there was only a public library, it's not enough. I, I think, think there's a, you know there's very different audiences as well and uh, yeah. audiences and there are overlaps yet yes. there are kind of uh, very distinct differences between yeah. the audiences of a public library which mm-hmm. is much more kind of whole community based rather yes. than yes. a school library where Absolutely. you have a very fixed you know, yeah you have a very com- fixed community that you're you're catering mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. and like you said it is space and what mm-hmm. you should be you know hoping to develop in students is an understanding of learning for the sake of learning like that mm. it's not just about you know the curriculum is so mm. it's, it's such a treadmill that they're on leading up to leaving yeah. cert anyway where there really isn't any room for anything else it's just getting all this information into you yeah. that you then end up going into third level and having to kind of look at you know a subject and maybe mm. a passion for a subject in a completely different way and look mm. at it as something that you're going to live with mm. for you know either your entire life or you know if you decide to Life, you know, there's such an emphasis on lifelong learning. Learning now yeah. that they need to develop that understanding of learning as a thing that they take with them and develop, and that it's personalised, and they develop their own approach to it, and yeah. you know, don't just see it as cramming as much in as possible for an end goal, and then down tools on all of that yeah. when they achieve, mm. you know, the the end goal of the leaving cert being done. Yeah, yeah, and I think as well even the reading for pleasure there's so mm. many studies out there um, and even if you look at any PISA results mm. any students that read for pleasure regularly be it every day once a week they actually mm. do better in school yeah. Yeah. and in a way it makes sense as I explain to the students when you learn to read you're training your mind so you're going to be able to learn better so you're going to be able to yeah. study better and it all goes hand in hand and it's just it's like a value added resource it yeah, shouldn't be just an add-on it should be something but that's even just you know for for their entire lives I and mean, look at the yeah. the impacts of you know, bibliotherapy and you know, yeah. the public mm. libraries do a lot to, to mm. encourage you know, reading for wellness and reading for you know mental yeah. health development. It's, so it's mm. something that is with you for your entire life. The, the benefit mm. of reading to develop em- empathy skills to you know to, uh, to be able to see your brain. Exactly. Yeah. Various different books. I know. You know, like they. Yeah. That I, I think that's you know you might read historical fiction and you've learned something mm. without even realizing it yeah. about. It's almost you know, learning by osmosis. Absolutely. Yeah. The more you read, the more general knowledge you mm. kind of pick up. Mm. as well mm. Mm. Um, but I think one of the most important books I've noticed in my library as well is um, the buy-in from teachers is so important mm. as to Definitely. how yeah. busy yeah. you are like you wants the quiet well for me that's yeah. the quiet library oh, like you yeah. want yeah. you want it to be busy so getting if you get the teachers to see the benefit yeah. like you know you'll just always be busy because mm. initially you know, mm. you're kind of going to them like what you were saying with mm. ideas. Mm. Maybe we'll try this. Maybe try. And then, it, you know, after a while, I'm going to them coming to you guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah. Ideas on this, and I was thinking yeah. of doing that. And, yeah. You know, then next mm. thing you know, you're 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 really mm. busy, and then you know, they're the ones kind of like promote the reading and sending students down to you and saying, look, Claire, get your book, you know, mm-hmm. sort out and stuff like that. So, mm. um, so how do you work on that relationship? That because it is so it's key. so important. Um, for me, uh, there's really good support from both my principals, first of all, the mm. ones from the top of the teachers kind of know that the, the, the principals want to see them coming in, I suppose. And yeah, then that's good. Initially, see, there was no library when I started off, so I was kind mm. of starting from, from scratch in this kind of building. 
so for me it was about finding one or two teachers initially that were really kind of interested in doing something yeah and maybe trying a project finding out how it went on maybe we did a reading for pleasure project mm. at other librarians like I met with because I was my first time with them so I met with other librarians in the area to get ideas and once you get one teacher kind of on board you know word spreads pretty quick then yeah. um, but it, it could it can be slow progress getting because they're so busy and friends and there's so much to and then you're kind of hassling them, saying, you know, do you want to come to the library once yeah. a week and we'll, we'll read and we'll, you know, we've you're got putting these one projects extra thing and we're going and they're kind of going, oh, you know, and even if it's just to kind of shut you up initially, mm. um, and then like I say, bit by bit, um, you know, it extended out from the English teachers and the Irish teachers, and now, you know, there's more research, like fourth years, um, and so, but it was gradual and. Um, more carrot and stick definitely like you're just trying yeah, to kind of cajole yeah. initially mm. and then they mm. see the rewards for themselves I feel and then yeah. they're kind of coming to you almost mm. um, w- w- was my experience anyway yeah and I found like when I was there at the beginning what I actually did at the it was either at the end of my first or second year mm. I did a powerpoint presentation on all that I had done in the library mm. and I think it was nearly about half an hour to 40 minutes long when I actually spoke and a lot of them it was a kind of and it was pleasant shock afterwards mm. I was like, oh my god I didn't know you did all these things yeah. and you did all these things but I was like you as well you found I found the enthusiastic yeah. teachers yeah. and you kind of get them involved and then it's like this little snowball effect and yeah. now I have actually teachers coming to me or can we can do this can we do that mm. um, so yeah but I mean I definitely feel now that I have total buy-in from yeah. teachers Absolutely. and, yeah, and staff, and doing, but it it does take work from yourself, and also mm-hmm. I get fantastic support from the principal and deputy yeah. principal in my yeah. school as well, which is hugely important mm. because we would be fighting a losing battle otherwise. Absolutely, you yeah. know, definitely, um, and. Uh, yeah, no, it's great, but I would imagine for anybody starting off in, say, if our dream came true, yeah, to as a school library yeah. in every school in the country, all the school librarians would have the task of having to A, justify why they're there almost, yeah. mm-hmm. and B, it's almost like building trust and yeah, letting yeah. people see the value that you can actually offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you can't actually just sit in the corner. You have to actually yeah. be the salesperson, don't I, you? Yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, when I was thinking of things to say before, or what we would talk about, mm-hmm. I was kind of saying, I, like, obviously I haven't worked in, a, in any of their um, library environments, but I mm. feel like a school library, um, your personality is important. Or like, I think that's you know, a big thing in all libraries. You're not just sitting there, wait, you know, kind yeah. of... You can't just sit waiting to be activated. It has absolutely to, you know, it's not to, have to be self-motivated. Yeah, the service yeah. will go under pretty mm. quick if that's yeah. the case because, um, you know, you, 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 have to, you have to be justifying and promoting, like you're saying, mm. the PR and the marketing. Mm. Mm. You know, there is a real element of that, but also there's a rapport with students. Like, you mm. have to mm. be able to... Like, it's hard initially to stand up in front of 30... 16 year olds and yeah. talk about books and you know like mm. I mean and that's I think the thing that I admire the most in school librarians I think that would terrify me much as I could stand in front of a group and of you know 100 adults yeah. or professionals mm. of any level but students at that age are yeah they you know, can they be so audience and they can be cynical and all mm. that sort of stuff mm. so kind of like being able to do that um and get them on board and kind of you know um show them the benefits initially and kind of once you kind of yeah. get them in yeah you know they are they're looking for they're looking for for ways to get out the phone i think they're looking for things yeah. to read they are looking for that yeah. um but you have to you have to have the personality to be comfortable mm. doing the hard sell yes yeah. and it's it's selling i suppose quite I won't call it old-fashioned idea, but reading has just been there all the time. Yeah. You know, and it's not new and it's not trendy. So you're mm. trying to stand up there and sell this idea to them that will benefit them. Yeah. That some of them may not see. Now, a lot of them will have been sold already mm. by Absolutely. home, yeah, by their yeah. parents. And they yeah. would. And I do, um, I would interview a couple of girls. I have this library newsletter and I interview a couple of students every mm. year for it. 
and I would always ask the question who encouraged you to read mm. and all of them and they all would be the avid readers and they'd all say their parents mm. yeah. and they'd have loads of books and they remember their parents bring them to the public libraries yeah, 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 and everything yeah. like that and it's almost like for those type of students I feel half the battle is done yeah. but then oh, yeah. you're trying to sell it to what I would call reluctant, reluctant. readers mm. but they're not the reluctant readers as in they don't struggle to read it's just simply that they actually don't want to read it's yeah, not something that they include you know, it's not see as a that yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think I a big mean, part of it is just encouraging people's individual passion for learning whatever that is yeah. you know whatever yes. your yeah. you know, subject of, mm. of inspiration is just yeah. encouraging I think the teacher buy-in is very important there again yeah. because say with the reading um, it certainly is reading for pleasure but happens within the English class and I'm the same mm. for you so like a lot of the class will come up once a week as part of their English class and mm. you know their homework would be we're going to read this book in the next three to four weeks mm. and so they know that the teacher is kind of like this mm. is a valued thing and yeah. if they don't have it done you know well how come we didn't get it done and you know were we struggling to find time okay maybe mm. we have to look at how to find time in the day to read it's mm. not they're not just answering to me yeah, yeah. you know but so that's they an do important life skill for them to learn mm. as well like making time for you know as professionals we're all kind of the Given, mm. especially if you work in a health environment, so I do. There's a lot of emphasis on knowing how to manage your time and how to manage your stress, and you know, yeah. it's, it's a key life skill to learn mm. how to make time for yourself, even if it's something simple like you know, being able to fit in reading a book if that's yeah. the thing you want to do, or being able to fit in time mm. for personal learning and personal development. Yeah, I remember I did a couple of years ago I did this survey on reading with students and one of the questions I asked was do you find it hard find yeah. find it hard to find time to read and if so yeah. why and they all put down homework was the reason why they didn't yeah. so then I got to do, to do this timetable thing where they would map out how long they spent in the homework watch TV mm. being on their phones did a little bar chart thing and lo and behold here you had TV phones and even like when I asked the girls when I did a little talk afterwards and I'd say to them you know do you find it homework and they'd be all yes homework homework and I'd say okay hands up how many of you actually look at your phones every evening mm. and then I'd get these sheepish mm. most of them raising their hands <laughs> I think I need to fill in that question now, but, but, but it's a really important skill but it is how are you actually lose, using your time yes. Yes. so it's not that they don't have time to read mm. I know it's actually that mm. they're just choosing and look I can't find like you know well, yeah. I look at my phone in the evenings as well and sometimes yeah. it is easier and you don't have to use your brain when you look at the phone yeah. whereas you do have to use your brain when you read yeah. you know and it's it does take a little bit more effort but it's for them to see the long term benefits mm. and I would even say to them you know what start 10 minutes just do 10 minutes yeah. Yeah. try that first and then work it but it's to get the whole idea but it's like sport yeah. it's the exact same thing that if people people need to give up things to find time to do their exercise yeah. and, and start Mm. with whatever amount of time they have yes. available but yeah. hopefully when they go into third level or when yeah. they begin studying for their leaving cert they'll think back to mm. you know the See, way you made them hoping. think about how they yeah. actually are using their time like and think about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah maybe some maybe somebody in 10 years time you know that they've got the big yeah. top job has that happened yeah, yeah, at all yeah. yet when any and like no, I had much contact with former I, students and how no, they No, I remember I had one student, um, she was a sixth year, and I think it was the first or second year that I was there, and she came up to me and said, you've got me into reading, thank you. And mm. I remember saying, oh my God, this is why I'm yeah, here, this is why I'm here. It's a lovely feeling. Yeah, it is, but you know, I think, I think it's, a t- I don't think we're a very kind profession as in I think we're, mm. we're almost like I remember one guy said he gave an analogy and he said librarians are like ducks in water that everybody just sees them floating on top and they don't see the legs flapping underneath yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Furious work underneath. and yeah I just think that you know I hope I would hope that our jobs would have impact yeah. but it's not quantifiable mm. always yeah. so you know whereas people they might do fantastic in science and they mm. thank the science teacher yeah, yeah, yeah. but we're like the extra person yeah. in the background that's helping the wheelchair. That's probably the thing that I know, you know yeah. like they say, the School Libraries Association yeah. of, uh, of Ireland that, to look at mm. you know, long-term impacts and what, what yeah. the real you know, 
a longitudinal analysis of students who had teachers school language. teachers would say, yeah. you know, the ones that they can see reading more, you know, mm. you know, they can see it in their writing, they can see it in their essay, oh, they yeah. do well in the classes that they can to get to read more, tend to do better. Mm. It's mm. hard to, it's, it's hard, hard to, to and like at the end of the year I do a report for the principal, Mm. just like you know far statistics what how yeah. much was read what our mm. budget you know like just general kind of mm. where we are kind of thing um, and I can tell them how many books that we took out but like that's not to say they actually read the books or that's yeah. like oh, it's no. very hard to and what does that say like a student that read 10 books versus a student that read two like that student that read two might never have read any and that maybe that's a way bigger yeah, achievement and maybe it's a m- than much the student bigger impact who was always going to read anyway so it's you I know, know what I mean? Like it's very hard to see which is a big better. You know what it is, and I agree. And even I don't, because um, I know with some libraries, and this is kind of a personal thing, mm. but with some libraries, they'll have this a reward scheme. So, like, if you borrow yeah, five yeah, books, yeah. you get sweets. If you get whatever, yeah. And I oh, don't yeah, do, do I don't do that for reason that it doesn't really acknowledge the slow reader yeah. and I'm actually yeah. personally a fan of slow reading and I actually think it's better to read one book a month mm-hmm. yeah, than five totally. books in a week yeah. you know because the students at those that are actually reading the book properly mm. they're taking it in you know I mean there's some students that I don't know how they get through the books yeah you know it's a bit like sort of gamifying it or something isn't it like yeah. you know like you're to reach the next level you need to have read yeah. this number of books in you know five yeah. weeks and, and it's yeah. just I just think I do get the idea behind it and I especially mm. with primary school level and yeah. I've spoken some parents that would say oh the local library does a star reading thing oh, yeah. and it's brilliant and it's really got it and it is about helping a child find the right book but mm-hmm. I think by the, the time habit, maybe? yes but I think by the time they get to secondary school it really should be the student's choice and I think they should be left I don't think a time limit should like well I suppose maybe put a certain time limit especially if they mm-hmm. have to read for English or something like that yeah, yeah. you know so that they don't forget about the book yeah but I think reading, like I'm a slow reader. I'm such yeah, a slow reader. slow reader. I'm re- I have been reading the same book for the last like month. Mm. I know. And yeah. it'll probably take me another three weeks. And it really depends it. on like both the content of what you're reading and mm. you know, yes. how dense it is maybe, but also like yeah. what your life circumstances yeah. are. Some I'm weeks you've got better. And I'm and consuming yeah. audiobooks like crazy yeah, at the moment. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is binge them. Now. Yeah, mm. I'm allowing them if they come in with audio on their mm. like a borrow books and those apps on their phone yeah. they're allowed to have their phone in library class to listen mm. oh very good yeah, yeah. but um, yeah. Um, so that's actually working very well with mm. yeah. the same benefits and I think Definitely. like particular yeah. types of books lend themselves really well to yeah 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah listening to like, mm. sort of his, like for quite dense kind of historical fiction or mm. you know, history and politics things like that that might be quite hard to plow through yeah. reading yes. because you feel like you really need to concentrate yeah. whereas mm. if you're listening to it I think it's, yeah. it's a little and bit it's easier also, to absorb it's also a whole other level of skill with audiobooks that you yeah. actually you're learning concentration skills you're learning skills yeah you know so there's definitely benefits yeah. so yeah i would be yeah. a big fan of audiobooks as well. yeah. the portability of it is great as well like you um, can go for fact, a long well, run and listening listen to a book now, but you i can i can do other stuff while i'm listening yeah exactly yeah. you know yeah. you can be doing the dinner while you're listening or as i say students mm. like you can be cleaning your bedroom mm. or you know doing whatever mm. you need to do while it's on in the background so you, mm. it's not as it's not taking up as much as your time yeah i actually like going for a walk and actually learning something yeah. at the same time so yeah. they're kind of taking mm. care of yeah two kind of mental health yeah needs. yeah yeah, yeah. So it's kind of taken off a bit actually mm. yeah i actually listen to the young adult fiction when i'm driving into work so i mm, take yeah, 40 to 50 minutes every day and then i have what I call, I suppose, my own adult living that I read myself mm. at night. Yeah. So it's like I listen to the, and I love the young adult fiction, but mm. I suppose I do have associate, a certain association with work, yeah. and I like mm. to be able to kick off the shoes and read yeah. my own book. And yeah, read exactly. Yeah. But you know, you get through books, and mm. yeah, it's just a great way to spend time in the M50. Yeah. <laughs> and just you know, t- um, the local libraries, Borrowbox, yeah, I absolutely well. love Borrowbox, and Overdrive yeah, as well. Audible. They're brilliant, yeah. and it's just on a phone, and I have a Bluetooth speaker on my phone, and yeah. it just Are many of your students away. into the audiobook yet? Not really, not really. Yeah. Like, I would... It, now, they could be, but we can't actually afford to have a license for audio so I would always mm. sell oh. Don that's libraries. what I've been doing yeah. the local one they yes. to join their local yeah. one yeah 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 mm. but no look they could be but I do not able to quantify it so. yeah yeah 
it's a good link between yeah. yourselves and the, the local yeah. libraries mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously the the licensing of, of audio and ebook content is oh no, it is. It's it's cost prohibitive for school yeah. libraries. Oh, so definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It is for bigger libraries mm. as well. Mm. Yeah, no, it is, and I would always, and especially with ebooks as well. Um, because I would have an opportunity through the library management system to buy a license for it mm. but it is quite costly mm. that it's just I would always say to them and I would always give a talk at the beginning of the year now unfortunately I don't have a time to go to reading class Te- students do classes do come ad hoc maybe once a yeah. month mm. different classes to come up and read and stuff like that and um, you know they just seem any students that I've asked about it they love the print book and yeah. they would have mm. the print book above e-books. So I think I that's think really the trend, no matter what library, yeah. you know, yeah. any reader, but it, yeah. where they really come into their own, the e-books is um, if they if it's something they need to read for yeah. coursework or something. You don't necessarily read in the same way when you're mm. reading something purely for, mm. say, for an assignment or for an academic piece of work. Yeah. There isn't the same approach to it um, so the ebooks can be really valuable in that mm. sense or just being able to have five or six re- people reading the same thing at the same yeah. time mm. rather yeah. than having to keep yeah that number of print copies in mm. they're useful on that front yeah yeah it seems like the re- thing i'm really kind of taking away from talking to you two is just the level of responsibility on um on school librarians you know talked about how how much of the work is really on on you and that that the the passion and the interest and the motivation of the librarian themselves mm. and the, the buy-in from the school is really the that's the key kind of recipe yeah. for success. It's like there's so many stakeholders I think and mm, everybody yeah. is a stakeholder for a school librarian. Yeah. Like the principal mm. and deputy principal are stakeholders. Yeah. So are the teachers, so are the students and Absolutely. so are the parents. Mm. Yeah. You know, because if none of the stakeholders in the school values school librarians, I don't think we'd have jobs. No, absolutely. You know, mm. resources are so tight nowadays. You yeah. know that mm. it, it can be seen as a real luxury. So if you're not, yeah, yeah, if they're not into it, or you're not mm. showing them why they should be into it. You know, you find mm. yourself gone pretty quick. I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And so it should be. Like, so it should be. Yeah, yeah. You need to kind of have that yeah, fire in your belly to keep yeah. kind of keeping an eye on what the, the potential yeah. risks are. Yeah. Um, and it makes the job a bit, I think, a little bit more interesting as well that you're constantly trying to think of I would find that I'm always trying to think of ideas like usually probably come April I will start planning for my ideas for next year really? yeah just it's literally you know. <laughs> I know I'm looking at you going so oh my god fair play yeah. Yeah, I, know, I, I don't actually start implementing them on yeah. the yeah. year but it's my little idea plan and stuff like that mm. like, and I love doing that and then sometimes I might just kind of think of an idea but it is always trying to mm. create your work, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah, you know, and keep yourself at the forefront. And it's a bit like, as you said, that it is a little bit isolating in terms of I could go down to the staff room and you might have the mm. teachers going, "Oh, I have to do corrections," or "Oh, yeah, yeah. I have to do this," and "Oh," and I kind of know that I can't really do the. Oh, I have to catalogue like books. <laughs> yeah, because they don't. Nobody really them. get it. Mm. So no, yeah. I just find that I don't really bother going down to the staff room. And not that I have much. I don't have anything to complain about my work because I love mm. my job. Yeah. But you are still are the only person that's yeah. doing your job. In and school. also at lunchtime and break time, you know the library is open, so you don't yes. go down and yeah. meet the yeah. staff. They're at the time, time they're off. Yeah. So they're, yeah. yeah, it's harder to get to know the teachers, I think, because you're not. Yeah. down the staff room at the same time as them um, so that can be isolating you know you really yeah. have to make an effort I think yeah. to go on nights out and to have a good time like it's really yeah. hard but I think a lot of people for some people I think the perception of school librarians is that it's an easy job yeah. and that anybody can do it and okay you know it's not brain surgery and it's not but it does take strategy yeah. and it does take thinking carefully and you do have to be good at dealing with people because you're dealing with teachers you're dealing with students you're mm. potentially dealing with parents you're dealing with management and yeah. it's you know 
that's, that's definitely the impression that I get for people that don't understand school libraries. Yeah. yeah. But that I think that's, you know, that's across all libraries. It is yeah, the miniature. Yeah, yeah. Somebody outside his profession hears the word library, then yeah. to some extent you're sunk. You're already on the yeah, yeah, defensive yeah. of having to prove what it is you do. Once they see you in a an operation, they, they feel yeah. differently about it, yeah, and there's sort of, you know the the sense of wow, I didn't know you did so many things, or that you were qualified to do all mm. this. But I do think that agriculture is proven though in Ireland. So like I think it's been yeah. a fantastic investment in public libraries. In the public libraries, and I oh, think yeah. people are seeing the value of it. And apparently, I read some article in a newspaper a while ago that they were saying the Irish government did a lot more funding than in England. So in England, oh, yeah. a lot of the libraries are closing down. Where in Ireland. They're, they're yeah, mm-hmm. they're thriving and they're building, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure at this stage, like if a local library did decide to close down, you'd have everybody up at the Yeah, we have a really strong culture of yeah. investing in public libraries, yes. and that is, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's being yeah. developed even further now. We yeah, just need that culture now to invest in school mm-hmm. libraries. Yeah, maybe so that's the next step. That's the next step. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, <laughs> To end the, the conversation, we need to impress on some. Yeah. The, gover- the government needs to put a better strategy in place for seeing school libraries as, yeah, as the answer to With that, with that um, yeah. rallying call, we yeah, 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 yeah. close the conversation. Thank you so much, uh, and didn't care for for to me. I've learned so much about school libraries. Thanks. 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 Thanks to Claire and Andrea for giving a window into the world of school libraries. And thanks also to Lorraine Murray of the School Library Association in the Republic of Ireland for putting us all together. Um, you won't have such a long wait for the next episode. Um, with a sold out ASL conference happening next week, I'm going to be interviewing our keynote, uh, Christian Larison, the Director of Libraries and Citizen Service at Roskilde Municipality Libraries in Denmark. Um, And I might also be roving the conference looking for short interviews from other speakers and delegates. So if you are attending, consider yourself warned. Um, To get the next episode as soon as it lands, do subscribe on Apple Podcast, Stitcher or your podcast catcher of choice. Librarians Allowed is produced and presented by Laura Probably Mary. Probably what defines two librarians a little bit than maybe librarians in other institutions. And special thanks to Whiskey Bridges Union for the additional music for this episode. Yeah.